Hi, welcome to the Business Class ESL Breakroom. We're a company of passionate language trainers and coaches. We're here to share ideas, to improve our skills, and strengthen the training community. Come in for some inspiration, leave with tips to apply to your sessions today. Hi, and welcome to the ESL Breakroom. And welcome to part two of our series on optimizing conditions for learning with David Delaney the Wellness and Community Projects Officer for the University College Dublin in Ireland. If you missed part one, please do go back and have a listen. In it, we discuss how the brain learns and retains information and things we can do to improve that process. We also looked at roadblocks to effective learning and how to overcome them or help your learners overcome them. Dave is uniquely poised to speak on the topic not only because he has achieved a wide range of goals in everything from Taekwondo to obtaining multiple master's degrees, publishing a book, and landing a regular spot on stage at Dublin's Hard Rock Cafe. And he also happens to be blind. So he's very familiar with learning challenges and how to overcome them. Today, in part two, we've invited Dave back to walk us through a few practical exercises based on physiology, calming the brain and body, and setting the optimal conditions for learning. So Dave, welcome back. We're delighted to have you back. Thank you very much, Steve. So you have some practices for us to help us get a learner into the best state to learn. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good question because often we're very busy, we're rushing around, we're getting to the class and the head, our heads can be very busy. The learners' heads can be full of other things that they have been doing, that they're preoccupied with, or things they need to be doing. And how can we bring them into the present moment to maximize their capacity to take in what we're teaching them, what they're going to learn? Mm. And it can be really helpful to bring them into the present moment to help let go of what's happened during the day mm -hmm. and let go of things that they might be planning or, or, or worrying about for the rest of the day and just being right here, right now and open to learning. Mm -hmm. Especially for our, our learners who are you know, professionals, they're at the office, they're at work and they're surely just, I know from my own experience, they're, they're completely distracted sometimes. So I'd love to hear what you have to say um, to help. Yeah, again, I, I'll take you through maybe a, a practice that's, that I would usually take people through no matter what I'm teaching them. Mm -hmm. And again, the beauty of these practices, you can still take them through in, if you're teaching English, say, in the English language. So you're still expanding their vocabulary. It's still part of their learning experience. But not mm -hmm. only are they learning English, but they are learning skills that will help them through their life to be able to become present. Mm -hmm. So what I would often do is when I get people, we usually say our hellos and how's everybody doing? And then we might just say, okay, let's take a couple of moments just to settle. So if they're comfortable, maybe letting their eyes soften and relax because the eyes can hold a lot of tension. So letting them look down towards the ground or even closing them for a couple of moments can be helpful to break from what they have been doing to what they're just about to do. 
And we can then bring their attention to their bodies, say to their feet in particular. And what you can get them to do is to gently squeeze their feet and toes and allow them to straighten out. Then you can do this if you're listening along, actually do this. So gently squeeze your feet and toes and allow the toes then to spread them out. Curl the feet and toes and hold a little bit of tightness. Hold them, hold them, and then allow them stretch out. And just become aware of the feeling of your feet. Just tuning into any sensations that might be there. Do you feel your feet are hot or cold? Is there any tingling? Any sensations at all, just tuning into your feet. And now we might get them to redirect the attention to the hands. And again, gently squeezing the hands into a fist. So curling the fingers into a fist, holding a little squeeze and straightening out the fingers. Bringing the hands into fists, gently squeezing and straightening out the fingers. Squeezing the hands into a fist and straightening out the fingers. And now allowing the fingers to be natural. Bringing the focus or the attention to the very centers of the palms of the hands. Becoming curious to any sensations that may be there for you. Taking the time to tune in to see if you can recognize and label maybe any fluctuations of temperature, maybe a sense of pulsing as the blood flows through the hands, maybe a sense of tingling as the awareness and the attention is brought to the hands and the fingers. And then just letting, letting that that attention that's been on the hands fade into the background and bringing, bringing the awareness to, to breathing. Maybe noticing the next three inhales. And then maybe noticing the next three exhales. And now just simply noticing the body from the top of the head to the toes of the feet, the face and the chest, the legs all the way down, the back of the head and the shoulders, the back, the, the hamstrings and the calves all the way down to the feet, the left and right side of the body, the ears, the cheeks, the shoulders, the ribs, the hips, all the way down to the ankles. Maybe just take one deliberate deep breath in and a nice big exhale out. Lovely. And hopefully now 
that will place the learner in a calmer state. Because when we bring our attention to the body, we're getting out of the thinking part of the brain. And we're allowing that just to let go of that, to release it. Mm -hmm. And when we bring our attention to the body, it brings us into the present moment. And it allows us to let go of the past and the future. Things that have happened already today and things that we're concerned with that are going to happen or need to happen or reports that have to be done. And often that can help bring the learner, let them settle, let their breathing slow down. So we release the stress that's often there. We bring them into a state of, 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 of calmness into the rest and digest state, which we spoke about in the first podcast about the window of tolerance. So we're expanding that to optimize and maximize their capacity to take in the information they're about to receive. Yeah. What I appreciate about this is that it's very concrete. You're very physical. We're talking about the body and sensation and we're not. You know, talking about meditation or spirit or you know these things that many people shy away from, and certainly in, in a business language setting, then they don't want to go there. But this is not what this is. This is truly just calming, calming the body down. This is what your grandmother would have told you if you came in stressed. <laughs> it's just wisdom. It's just physiology. So if we breathe slower mind has an opportunity to settle if we breathe higher in the chest and short and shallow breaths we're more likely to be a bit anxious and if we're more likely to be anxious we're more likely we're, we're going to have less resources in the body allocated to taking in what's what's going on and retaining we're mm -hmm. releasing that sense of danger and allow people to feel safe and secure and that's where their marketplace actually really engage fully. Which is fantastic. It's a setting the stage for proper learning, which is absolutely fantastic. and it also creates a connection between the learner and the person who's teaching them. So it, it's often more important not to have perfection, but connection. Because mm. even as an educator or someone who's teaching. Uh, it can be very helpful, but we could do things perfectly. But if we're not creating that sense of connection, it diminishes the learner's true interest in the desire to learn and the desire to interact and the desire to, 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 to even please each other. It's true that learning is a very, um, this, it's a privileged position to be a trainer and to be there helping people calm down. I had this just yesterday. I had a young man I'd never seen before. And the first thing he said to me was, I'm so nervous. You know, and I said, look, don't worry. You're alone. There's nobody else with you. I'm here. Not, I'm not judging. But he was so nervous to be exposing his vulnerability which is what he perceived as his weakness in English to this person yeah. he didn't know and so I take it as a privilege to be in a position to help him get past that so what these tools that you're offering us I think are so valuable 
but they're, they're life skills. Yeah. We can use them as trainers. But the reality is these are skills that can be used to improve our own lives, to improve our relationships with ourselves, improve our relationships with everybody else around us. Truly, but what I love that you're bringing this to us in this realm is that it's giving us permission to put this into our lesson. And which brings me to my next question. Um, you know, our lessons are 90 minutes long, generally. And, and we may feel, oh, it's not a lot of time. We've got to pack it all in. But maybe we need to add in some, some breathing space so that they can learn better. Now, what would you say? Sorry. Uh, what would, would, I just want to say, what was the best length of time for people to take in information? Well, there's a lot of research on this, and, and there's more being done at the moment to try and identify the maximum time that people are able to, that students or learners are able to take in information. And how can we optimize that so they, they're best placed to retain the information afterwards and even in a week's time? So, some of the findings seem to suggest that. Depending on the person and depending on the demands on them, so where they are in their learning cycle, certainly say 35 to 45 minutes, it would be a very good idea to have a pause to allow the part of the brain that has been constantly used for that hour and a half to rest, to calm down. So it's no different than if we were running. If you're running as fast as you can, you're only going to be able to get to a certain point before you lose your breath and you have to stop, recuperate, and then you can run again. It's the same thing in learning. Our capacity to take in information and retain it will start diminishing rapidly once we start getting tired. And because we're using the linguistic parts of the brain, certain parts of the brain, again, if we can do a little practice to be able to just connect back with the body and we move out of thinking mode and into feeling mode. And that's what gives the brain an opportunity to rest. It literally, you can do it in two, possibly three minutes, whatever you're comfortable with. Even one minute is better than nothing. And if you do that, you're maximizing the learner's capacity to be able to take in information and to be able to retain without getting too exhausted. Mm. Because what you're doing is you're allowing them to feel good as well about themselves. They're feeling calm, if they're feeling relaxed, if they're feeling connected, if they're feeling centered, they're more likely to engage with it. And this learning process becomes something that's a pleasure and is adding to the quality of their life rather than another another task they have to achieve i have to get through this and then i have to get my report done and then i have to collect the kids and then i have to and then i have to mm -hmm. it's like no this is my time and i'm learning this is good and this is adding to my life that's how i would see it. yeah i love that absolutely so would you like a little maybe practice that i would sometimes take people through absolutely let's hear okay. it thank you so it can be nice to kind of find a natural break point within the class. Like often there's stages where we might be teaching certain components or certain 
uh, certain information will need to get through. And if, if you can find a natural breakpoint around, say, 40, if you're doing a 90 minute class, say 40 minutes, mm -hmm. um, what you might do is say, okay, well, let's just, you know, we've spent 40 minutes, we've taken in a lot of information. Let's just maybe allow that part of the brain that takes in that information to rest for a moment. So again, if the learner is comfortable closing their eyes or if they keep them open, but soften the gaze, mm -hmm. look down at a 45 degree angle because it changes the muscle shape in the eye and it allows it to soften because we spend most of the day staring in front of us. Our eyes are kind of locked on screens, on phones. Um, so it, a lot of stress is held there. So let the eyes soften. And just tune into the mental activity. So is your head full of thoughts at the moment? Is it busy? Or is it calm? It, it doesn't matter what the thoughts are. Just noticing that thinking is happening. We're not trying to change not to trying to do anything other than simply observe. But sometimes there's a lot going on in our heads and that's okay. And then maybe dropping the attention down into the chest. It can be helpful for some people if they place their hand on their heart, just below their solar plexus. Just simply attempt to label an emotion that you're currently experiencing. And sometimes it's very easy to notice the, the first emotion. But if we just have a little patience, maybe noticing that there's lots of other emotions that are happening just under the surface. Maybe we're frustrated or tired, but we're also a little bit enthusiastic and curious. Maybe we're struggling a little bit, but yet still optimistic that we can overcome challenges. Just simply noticing, again, not changing any of them, but just being aware of what's there. And then maybe dropping down to the belly. And again, it can be helpful to move the hand on the, the, the abdominal region, the, just below the belly button. We're just breathing in and out. Trying to bring the attention to a point just inside the belly as we inhale and exhale. Seeing if we can notice the the abdominal wall expanding on the inhale and contracting on the exhale. Just simply breathing with nothing else to do for the next couple of moments, but just be here breathing. Beautiful. Okay.
And now you can go into going, well, for the first half of the class, we covered A, B, C, and D. And now we're going to move into covering E, F, G, and H, or whatever you want to take it. But it's a nice way of breaking the class up mm -hmm. into the beginning and the end. But it also allows you to have a little recap of what you covered maybe in the first half of the class. Mm -hmm. And often in presentations, we talk about tell the people what you're going to tell them. Then tell them what you want to tell them and conclude by reminding them what you told them. Absolutely. <laughs> and these all helps with retention of information. Yeah. So just by taking that pause, what we're doing again is we're stimulating certain nerves by moving the belly, expanding and contracting. It's stimulating a nerve, nerves in the brain and also it's softening the eyes to take us into a safe place. And that's where we're, we're, we're optimizing our capacity for learning. It can often allow people to feel a little bit rejuvenated. It gives them permission to let go of the tension that's been building up over the last maybe 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. It gives them, allows them an opportunity to just stop and gather what's already there. Yeah. And it's a comfort because it's a break, it's a break point. And then it's very good to say, look, this is a great time maybe to see if you have any questions. Mm -hmm. So we can then move on to the rest of the class. And again, as I said, with the, the, the neurological part of the brain, we're using different parts of the brain when we go into feeling mode, when we're, when we're observing, when we're noticing the emotions. But that also, the very act of labeling an emotion allows the thinking part of the brain to stay engaged and it allows the, 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 the stress component that we often are in in the in the fight and flight mode to diminish. So we feel energized and reduce the stress levels. We end up getting different hormones produced in the body. Mm -hmm. So the good hormones would be like dop dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. And when we have those, it puts us in a feel-good state. And when we feel good, we're more open to learning. If we feel that we have to do something, or if we feel that we've been forced to do it and we have resistance to it, what we're trying to do is reduce any resistances that the learner has, allow them to be open and to be curious to be able to take in what's there. Does that seem like a reasonable goal? Seems like the goal, the ideal goal. It's perfect. And yeah, I, I really appreciate what you've been sharing with us because without that state, you know, it's kind of like, what is the point? You know? Absolutely. But again, it's knowing your audience. Yeah. So what we can do is we learn how to pitch things. So mm -hmm. for some people, if they feel that it's a bit woo-woo, it's a bit out there, when you can explain, all I'm getting you to do is to go into feel your, your hands, feel your legs, because it, uh, it allows the learning part of the brain then to engage more fully once we're finished. So you can tell them practically why they're doing it. Yeah. But again, it's the language we would use to get that across would be directly related to the person that we're dealing with. 
if you have somebody who's very close-minded, maybe you might have to take a slightly different approach. So again, it's just as a trainer, it's getting a feel for the people who are who, who we're working with and meet them where they are at and use the hooks that will best suit them to be able to be open to learning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it does work. I must admit, I've used something similar with a, you know, a private client I had a few years ago. And that was a Saturday morning where I felt I had the liberty of saying, okay, it's Saturday morning. We're in your living room. Let's, let's relax, take a minute and close our eyes. I might not have done that in a business setting with a manager sitting in his office, per se, or her office. But now I would. You know, after this kind of conversation, I think it's really warranted. And in that person I did it with on the Saturday morning, she loved it. And she was a busy manager in a, in a very um, demanding job. And, you know, she had asked me to come over to help with English for work. But, you know. You're changing her perception of the event. So the event becomes rather than a, 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 a learner trainer. Mm-hmm. would be two human beings sharing a space yeah and again it's how do we break down people's perceptions break down people's barriers break down the resistance to allow the opportunity to learn by osmosis by natural in a natural way rather than in an artificial way yeah and when it becomes more natural i think the learning is more is often deeper mm-hmm. and la- longer lasting. But yeah. again, if you were dealing with a very high-powered business person who was very technically minded, you can say, okay, we're now going to do a practice. or we're, Sorry, we're now going to spend a moment to be able to get you to step away from what you have been doing in the day, to step you away from thinking about what you have to do for the rest of the day and just bring you right here right now because this maximizes and optimizes your learning potential Mm -hmm. that will make sense to them on an intellectual level yeah Mm -hmm. so again it's just finding your own wording to uh to be able to to help the client yeah well this has been profoundly helpful i find so (laughs) dave Ken, thank you enough for sharing your wisdom with us. And I really am excited to hear the feedback from our trainers and, and see if they've actually implemented some of this. Super. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasure. And it's great to be able to share this because, as I said, it's, this is more than this is learning about how to live life and, and, and learn anything and everything. It's the difference between wisdom and knowledge. <laughs> Maximize, maximizing our ability to be open and reduce our own resistances. Brilliant. So thank you very much for asking me back, Sue. Thanks for coming back, Dave. And you know, we'll look forward to our next event if we are so lucky. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Thanks for joining us in the Business Class ESL Breakroom, the podcast designed to bring business English trainers useful ideas, inspiration, and conversation that motivates. Follow us on Instagram at business underscore class underscore language and subscribe to the ESL Breakroom playlist on Spotify, Deezer, or Apple Music for new episodes. See you next time.